Uh, we also want to uh, focus in on the, the implications of that ruling, uh, of that decision by the special counsel, and uh, the decision that is going to be coming from the Supreme Court after today's hearing about whether Trump can remain on the ballot in the state of Colorado. And at the heart of that hearing, Trump's attorney argued that January 6th was a riot and not an insurrection. He said it was a riot, not an insurrection. For an insurrection, there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this and so riot the point that is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. Right? None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. All right, out front now, Ty Cobb, the former Trump White House lawyer. Now, Ty, uh, riot and insurrection aside for the moment, you have said from the very beginning that once the Colorado Supreme Court had, had ruled that Trump was going to come off the ballot, uh, that this would go to the Supreme Court, that they would take it up, and that they would rule 9-0 in Trump's favor. That is what you said at the beginning. Do you, from what you heard today, uh, and we did hear them all on, on audio, obviously, do you stand by that? I do. Um, I don't, you know, I can't, uh, I'm not Nostradamus, so I'm in, on the 9-0, you know, it might be 8-1. Right. Um, it, it's certainly 7-2. Uh, Justice Kagan clearly was having none of uh, this today. Um, and uh, I think it's important uh, that there be, you know, at least one liberal justice, ideally three, um, in the column that uh, decides this case, because it's important that the country understand this is not a political issue. This is what the law requires. Um, the, um, uh, but I, I do think that it is highly likely that it could be, you know, they will have seven, eight, or nine votes, and there's, they will uh, overturn this uh, quickly. I, I'm not sure they can do it in two weeks, as, uh, as Ryan suggested, but perhaps they can. I, I, I'd say, you know, I'd say a month is a, is a good guess, plus or minus a week. All right, so you'd said the justices likely wouldn't focus on whether Trump's an insurrectionist, but they would focus more in on this issue of officer of the United States under Article Three. And obviously, you heard uh, Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson question that, right? Obviously, liberal justice yes. appointed by Biden said it was uh, really troubling to her that the president is not listed in Article Three when uh, many other offices which are uh, included under that were enumerated in her words uh, there. So what did you take away from her saying that and being so specific, I'm sorry. Well, well, I think, you know, people, so the, the difficulty with construing the Constitution is common sense is not necessarily the touchstone. I mean, it really does require specific language and parsing it for legal terms of arts. So, for example, an officer of the United States, uh, that phrase is used, uh, I think, five times in the Constitution. Uh, in, in virtually every instance, it's clear that it only refers to appointed uh, officers under Article Two. When you add in the fact that they took a take a, um, as the clause says, officers of the United States who take an oath uh, to support the Constitution, mm -hmm. the support the Constitution um, oath is an Article Two uh, required oath of officers of the United States subordinate to the president. So they're, they're, the president takes a different oath, by the way, to preserve, protect, and defend. So there are a lot of you know, legalisms uh, that go into this analysis, but I, I think that uh, I think that that I think that issue um, is is one of the potential silver bullets. The other potential silver bullet that the court spent a lot of time on today is the issue of you know the the lack of authority of the state to act 
unilaterally in the absence of um, uh, congressional action. Um, and Justice Kavanaugh highlighted uh, one, one of the seminal cases on this issue, yes. uh, Ray Griffin, otherwise known as the Griffin's case, uh, in which Chief Justice Chase, writing as a circuit court justice, uh, ruled in 1869, a year after the statute, or, I'm sorry, a year after the amendment was passed, that the insurrectionist law could not be enforced unless the judge who was sought to be uh, disqualified, uh, uh, unless Congress had first passed a law. So yeah. I think uh, I think the jurisprudence is out there. They could go either route. They may go both routes, um, which might require competing opinions. I think you'll see some concurrences and per and and perhaps a dissent, uh, and that could slow things down a little bit in terms of the court getting everything out oh, right. uh, in a timely way. Yeah. So, so, Ty, I want to ask you about, you know, we are waiting in, in the next five minutes, we believe, sure. uh, the President of the United States is going to give a statement uh, in the diplomatic room, uh, and obviously, as a former White House attorney, you know, you, you know, you know what that means. Um, so there's going to be reporters in the room, there may be questions. We, we simply don't know, nor do we know what it's about. Uh, obviously, the context is the special counsel report, uh, the searing report, that concluded that President Biden did willfully retain uh, classified documents, uh, but they say because he... Uh, Robert Hur, the special counsel, said because he cooperated uh, and in part because of his poor memory and his cooperation with the DOJ. That is why, uh, in part, they are, are not going to bring charges because maybe a jury would conclude it was an innocent mistake. What's your reaction to reading this and to its specific focus on his memory? So that's a, that's a, that's a question that's very personal for me. I um, served as uh, senior counsel to Judge Adams in the independent counsel um, investigation of HUD uh, shortly after the Reagan years. And uh, we had to make a decision uh, on two cabinet officers, one of whom we declined on um, in large part because of health issues, uh, but we didn't tell the world that. Uh, so I, I think it's a legitimate reason not to prosecute, uh, but I'm not sure I would have um, put it up in red lights. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's awkward. I do also think that um, um, Biden's cooperation is is clouded a bit by the fact that you know it's based on the fact that when documents were found in his office two years ago, uh, people alerted the proper authorities. But you know Biden in 2017, seven years ago, um, uh, acknowledged to his uh, uh, ghostwriter that he had all these classified documents and actually shared them with him uh, to some degree. So I think I think the cooperation uh, with the special counsel is important. I mean, they didn't throw up any roadblocks. They didn't go to court. They didn't uh, uh, destroy any documents, move any documents, um, uh, put them in the pool, or <laughs> whatever yeah. happens in Mar-a-Lago. But um, but it's 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 not quite as clean as it might have been. All right. Well, Ty, thank you very much. Uh, 